appreciate us and we're thankful that uh, for all of you that are in our lives today and just uh, all the blessings that you guys have provided for us so thank you very much, thank you very much. yes anything else you want to okay. yeah just want to say thank you so thank you also before we begin um, I want to tell you something that's going on right now with every uh, well I'm a little we're a little late but that's okay uh, every church in Ritztown is making the same announcement uh, this morning. We have uh, decided that we're all leaving Ritztown and going to the Bahamas. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, we have decided as all the churches together to come together uh, in another form of ministry that I'm really excited to share with you guys all about. Um, as you know, in Ritztown there is a club called Omega Club. Uh, it used to be called Roxy's. And in Edinburgh, there's a club called Diamond Lodge. Uh, it used to be Broncos many years ago. It was a wonderful country uh, dance place that served awesome steaks, by the way. Uh, and now it's Diamond Lodge. But we have been called, people, uh, we have all been called to do something that's called uh, reaching into and helping those that can't be reached on their own. And in each one of these locations, there's ladies inside of those uh, clubs that are working for a living and uh, the lowest of lows, let's be honest. It's not a glamorous job doing what they're doing. But we feel like uh, God wants to reach out to them, and so we've been praying for a while about this and how we could do this, and uh, we met uh, this past week with Rahab Ministries. I don't know if anyone is familiar with Rahab Ministries or not, but Rahab Ministries is an organization out of Akron, Ohio, and uh, it is specifically for helping ladies uh, that are in this kind of situation and also ladies who are coming out of the sex trafficking uh, business. And, and so, there's, well, sex tra- trafficking sickness is what it should be. But, um, and so they are helping us combine and build a team. So what does a team look like? Well, a team looks like, uh, first of all, we have to have the heart that we want to go into these places, Right. Uh, we are not asking men to go into these places. I want to rest assured, right? So no men will be going into these places. But what we are looking for is a team of six ladies who are skilled and trained and have an interest of going into uh, these locations to share the love of Christ with those people that are inside that. What that looks like is that once a month, uh, sometimes twice a month, what we'll do is go into those locations, provide them food, uh, dinner, and gifts, and just love on those ladies. And so we're looking for six people amongst all the churches in Ridgetown for someone who has a heart to do this. Now here's the thing. You have to make a commitment to this. If you are not, uh, if you're not 
feeling called to do this and you're not feeling that you can make a commitment every month to do this, then don't do this, please. You have to be, the same team has to go in there every month because we're going to build a relationship with these ladies. This isn't a quick ministry where we're going to go in and do an outreach and we're going to see all these people saved and we're going to run out. This is going to take time of building a relationship not only with the ladies, but also with the owners of the clubs. Uh, and so what we are doing is we will provide dinner for them and go in and, and give these uh, dinners to these ladies, love on them, give them gifts, those types of things. So we are looking for six ladies who are interested in doing this, who are willing to make a commitment every month to do this. It will take only about a day or two a month uh, for about three or four hours uh, a day to do that. Now, uh, what we are looking for also in addition to that is a prayer team who will obviously come behind that team and pray. That can be men. We are also looking for men who have some type of skill set in um, uh, some type of training or some type of physical uh, training of military training or, or police training or something like that to go with the ladies to the clubs, but they will have to remain in the car. The reason why we want those types of trainings if something happens, we would like to have someone that's there that can uh, obviously help out in a pinch if needed. But there will be one male who drives a car of ladies to these locations and then the ladies will go into the, um, into the clubs. Now, it sounds real dangerous. It's not. It's not dangerous. Once we uh, form a relationship with the club owner, the club owner says, sure, come on in and, and minister to the ladies here. Rahab Ministry has been doing this for many years in Akron. They're continuing to do this. But we're going to stretch it out to this area because we really feel like those two, at least those two locations, there's another one in Kent that we're exploring right now, but at least those two locations uh, are locations that we need to bring Christ into that place. And so what I'm asking is if you are interested in being part of that team of six ladies, just please see me after church uh, so I can give you details on what's called essentials training that will be coming up shortly. And then also after that we will also do a um, localized training where we will invite anyone who wants to be part of this ministry in terms of praying for this ministry, uh, providing food for this ministry, and doing those types of things. The other wonderful thing about this is literally it only costs $30 a month per location. So the, the churches are just, and that $30 is really just food. And so we will be coming together as a team of people from different churches to do this, and so we are looking for those ladies. So please, ladies, uh, pray about it, think about it. If you're even remotely interested in what more information, please see me and I will give you more information. I am really excited about this because this is a way that I believe we can take Christ into a place that we have never taken, that, that has been forgotten, to be honest with you. Uh, those ladies that work in those places have been completely forgotten and, the, and, and many of them feel that way. And so we can now go in and bless them and be there. So I'm excited about that. So please think about that. And if you're interested in joining that team and being part of that team and you're um, willing to make that commitment, then see me and we will get you signed up for that team and uh, talk about being part of that, uh, that team and that ministry. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Today we're going to continue on a series of sermons that we've been doing called Incorporated. Today we're talking about an incorporated church. For those that uh, didn't didn't understand or haven't been caught up in what we're doing. What we're talking about is being incorporated. What it means is taking Jesus to every portion of our life. There's a, minister, there's a, uh, uh, a theological thought of what's called the seven mountains uh, of influence. 
And those seven mountains include many different things. Uh, week one, Corey preached on arts and media. Uh, last week I spoke on family, and today we're speaking on church. But there's also going to be business, and then uh, your job, your, your business. There's also government, and then there's also education. And there's many ways to understand how do we take Jesus into those realms? How do we incorporate Jesus into those areas of our life and make him important enough that when we go into those areas, we can incorporate Jesus in all that we do and say? This past week was uh, spending some time doing some research on uh, not only this sermon but also future sermons about uh, this you know idea of being incorporated. And uh, I came across Lance Wallnau. If you've never heard of him, he's a pretty interesting uh, prophetic voice. Uh, and he actually was one of the first harbingers, if you will, of this idea of the seven mountains that he's uh, came many years ago, came across with this. And, and he was preaching on a message that I, just, I was fascinated with. And the message was really about how we can change every area of our life if we allow Jesus to change our own life. You understand that you know in in just one year, unfortunately, we're going to be uh, we're going to be voting on a new president. And I say unfortunately because I can't stand political ads and I can't stand the whole political arena and everything that goes in it and the the, the ugliness and the uh, and what is going on today is is just amazing to me. But if we're in, if we're truthful with ourselves, it's not a party, it's not a president. It's not a government that changes things. It's God who changes us. And by changing us, it should change the way we look at things. Now, there are certainly some uh, things that we should look at, and when we talk about government uh, in a few weeks, we'll talk about that. But we also want to talk about how when Jesus changes us, how does it change? You know, we talked about uh, two weeks ago. When Jesus changes us, how does that change our media? How does that change the entertainment portion? What we listen to? What we support? What we do, that, that makes a difference. Your life in Christ, and when Christ begins to change you, it's going to change those things. And then we talked about last week, what happens when our life, when our family is incorporated? What happens when we become incorporated, we become the models for our kids about way, the way Christ should look? How we handle situations, how we handle our prayer life, how we handle going to church, how we handle doing all those things. When we change ourselves, it changes the outside. Now, today's topic is about the church. And when I say an incorporated church, the first thought that probably comes to your mind is, is there really a church that's not incorporated with Jesus? Well, let me just stop right there and shortly say, yes, there are many churches, unfortunately, that aren't fully incorporated in Jesus. And I would even go as far as saying, we here at Passion Community Church can be more incorporated with Jesus. We can incorporate ourselves more into Jesus and be more like him. Every church can be. Yes, every church should be founded on the principles of Jesus Christ. Yes, every church should be founded on what his teachings say. Yes, every church should pick up his words and what he says in here and live by them. The unfortunate thing about it is that we don't. Many decisions churches make, many uh, relationships that people have, many relationships that churches have, stray away from the words of Jesus because we're more concerned with doing what we think is right versus what he should. But can I ask you just for a moment, what do you think an incorporated church with Jesus Christ looks like? Think about it for a moment. What happens if the local church would become incorporated with Jesus completely? 
What would happen if the church in the city would become completely incorporated? When I mean the church in the city, I mean all of the churches. What happens if every church in Woodstown, Ohio, and surrounding communities would come in and become fully incorporated with Jesus Christ, that would begin to operate like Jesus, have a heart like Jesus, have words like Jesus, have actions like Jesus? Just think about that for a moment, what that would look like. And then finally, what would an incorporated church look like in the way that it changed our community, changed the world around us, changed even the future. I still think about, when I think about this topic, I still think, you know, my, my, uh, the, the argument that goes on in my mind is that, Jason, we really don't need to preach on this because the church should be incorporated with Jesus. It's okay, Jason. We don't need to, we don't need to talk about this. And then I, then I said, and I think to myself, no, we do need to talk about this because we need to make decisions that are based upon Jesus. And yes, we need all of this stuff. And so now you're getting a little insight to my crazy mind, right? And the argument that I have going on in my own mind. But it is truthful that we need Jesus and we fail to see him. See, the, the, the portion that we fail on is often that the church itself is made up of people. And people are sinful in nature. And so when you take sinful people and you pull them together and you make an organization off of that, if they're not incorporated completely with Jesus, then what happens is that our sinful nature comes out and we begin to look like not like Jesus, but we, look to, we begin to look like what's inside of us and what we are. Today I want to share with you and say and, and share a vision of what I think the power of an incorporated church would look like. Jesus intended for us to be a body full of spirit, a body full of world changers, and a body that wasn't bogged down with hurt feelings, negative attitudes, poor choices. No, he intended us to be powerful, that walks in him. See, the truth of the matter is, is that when we understand that being incorporated with Jesus opens up the realm to all things. See, on our own power, we can't do anything, but Scripture tells us, through God, all things are what? Possible. Through our human nature, things are not possible, but through him, all things are possible. So today, I want to hopefully impart to you a vision of what a church that's incorporated with Jesus would really look like. And hopefully, we are looking more like that every single day. But hopefully, that also, we are striving to become that way, and we're looking towards that and trying to become more like him. Let's read the scripture, and then we'll pray. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourself to your own husband as you do the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as the Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by washing her, washing her with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish but holy and blameless in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies he who loves himself I'm sorry he who loves his wife loves himself after all no one ever hated their own body
fed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. We ask you, Lord, today to help us to catch that vision of what an incorporated church would look like. Lord, we ask you for your prophetic word just to flow through us and to open up our eyes, open up our senses, open up our possibilities, Father. Lord, come against the negative thought of what we can become and what drags us down, but instead fill us up with what could be if we choose to follow you. Holy Spirit, I've done my part in studying and trying to prepare this message. I pray that you would do what only you can do to open up the wisdom and the knowledge that's packed inside these scriptures to each and every one of us in this room so that we can hear from you what an incorporated church would look like. And may we be honored to follow you in all things. Lord, let my words not be my own, but let them truly be yours. We praise you, give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen. So the very first thing you're thinking about is, okay, pastor, why are you reading to me something about marriage when we're talking about being an incorporated church? This is a very popular uh, verse that I often use in marriage counseling when I'm talking, when I'm sitting down and talking with someone and I'm talking to them about relationships and I'm talking about, I start with this verse. This is one of the most important verses that you can talk about when it comes to marriage relationships. But here's the most wonderful thing. When Paul wrote this, when he wrote Ephesians, when he wrote this letter, he wasn't just thinking about relationships. He wasn't just thinking about that. What he was actually speaking about was something that is is two-sided. He was using this idea of submitting to your husband and, and respecting your wife and doing all those things to open up the profound mystery of what the church actually is. Paul was much smarter than I could ever be. His words... Again, I said this last week, but his words again opens up the realm to two different things here. Yes, we should understand that wives we should submit to your you should submit to your husbands. And yes, husbands, you should love your wives as Christ has loved the church. But deep inside of this wonderful statement that he is making about marriage, Paul is actually releasing the profound mystery of what the church actually is. If we can move beyond the idea of submission, if we can move beyond this idea that wives are to submit to their husbands, because, see, a lot of times people just get caught up on that. A lot of times women get caught up on that. I don't want to submit to a man. What are you talking about? Sometimes they don't. That's wonderful. But sometimes we get so caught up in just thinking about this verse as a marriage verse that we forget and we miss the truth of what's inside of this verse. So if we can move beyond the idea of submission, what we find in this verse is that Christ is the head of the church. Paul is very clear on this when he says in verse, uh, he starts in verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to yourself as to your own husbands as you do the Lord. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. 
So let's move beyond the marriage part and let's start dissecting this verse on what it means for the church. What it really means when we boil this down as we start to look at it is that if we start with the very fact that every church, the head of the church is Jesus Christ. Every church you should walk in should be able to proclaim that Jesus is the head of the church. That he is the top. He is where everything starts. His words matter. His life matters. His salvation matters. His sacrifice matters. All of that is really important. That is the most important thing. That is the foundation of what we are built upon. That is the foundation of everything that we do. I want to make sure that you understand that when you walk into Pastor Community Church, you are walking into a church that is serving Jesus Christ as its head. Will we make mistakes? Absolutely, we will. We're, we're, we're human. But at the base of who we are, everything we do is built upon Jesus Christ and nothing else. Every decision we're going to make, we're going to make out of, out of our love and our obedience to Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. His body. Oftentimes what we understand is that we, we, we have a hard time of grasp, grasping and getting in our, hand, head, our hands, my, my hands when I talk, but our head around the idea that when Jesus' body, when Scripture talks about that, what he's talking about is the church. We are his body. We are his bride. Uh, some of the guys are going, wait a minute, you're calling me a bride? I'm not wearing no, I'm not wearing no dress. Don't tell me that. Now listen, what he's talking about is that we are being prepared to be honored and to be given to Jesus. In the end days, when Jesus comes back, and he comes back onto this earth, and he takes what rightfully is his, he's going to raise up the church, and we are going to be submitted to him as a bride to our bridegroom, which is Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about this, he ta- Paul begins to call the church his body, of which he is the Savior. What did Jesus do? What did he do on the cross? He went to the cross to save his body, to save us as people, his church, his remnant, the people that are here on this earth, to serve him. The church is more than the leadership. It's more than the pastor. It's more than the worship team. It's the whole congregation. It's all of us here together submitting ourselves to Jesus. I can stand up here and say all I want about us submitting ourselves to Jesus and about us building our everything we do on the foundation of Jesus Christ, and all of that is true. But what really makes a difference is what every single one of you do that are in the seats and what I do when we leave this place to represent the church. If we leave this place and we cuss and we, and we swear and we steal and we rob and we cheat and we do all of these things, are we really Jesus? Are we really living for Jesus? No. I can sit up here and preach any message I want and when we walk out those doors, if we don't follow Christ and we don't have Christ incorporated in us and we're not transparent and showing Christ to our neighborhood, then what does it matter? My words fall in vain. really quiet. That must mean I'm really preaching well. Or you guys are all really tired. One of the two. I'll say that I'm preaching well. The truth of the matter is is that in order for the church to be completely incorporated in Christ, every single one of us has to be incorporated in Christ. The future success of any church in America, it doesn't matter if it's this church, it doesn't matter if it's a church down the road, it doesn't matter if it's a church in Asia, the future success of any church is relying upon the people that are in the seats being like Christ and walking out this door and showing them and showing the world around us who Christ is. 
The church is an incorporated body. The church is a corporate body of people who come together individually to have their lights relit. Have you ever heard the, the story that the Holy Spirit is burning inside of us? Have you ever heard of that, the, the, the flame that's inside of you? And we often pray to have that, that flame fanned inside of us so we're burning more. What the church is supposed to do when you come in on Sunday morning, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to rub shoulders with people and get uh, inflamed. That sounds bad. But you're supposed to get uh, hotter. <laughs> You're supposed to burn brighter and stronger because you're rubbing shoulders with each other. We're supposed to take what I can't do and, and mix it with what Christy can do and, and what I can't do, and together we can be a better person. We're supposed to take what I can't do. I can't play guitar, but Corey can. I have hair. He doesn't. No, not really. <laughs> I didn't have that much. You're right. No, but we take together. We, we can just take Lena's. She makes up for both of our hairs, Corey. So, no, we take what we both have and we bring it together. All of us, the church is meant to be an incorporated body of people who come together and bring their skill sets together to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to encourage each other. When you come to church on Sunday morning, it should be an encouragement. You should find encouragement from each other. Yes, you can walk in here and say, I've had the worst week ever. You can walk in and say, it's been such a crappy week. Chick-fil-A! But no, uh... You have to listen to you have to listen to a Kanye West song, and and then he he does that on on a, one of those songs. So anyway, but when you come into church, you can be in a bad mood, you can be all those things. But as soon as you walk in the door, guess what? Everyone around you should someone please in the midst of the church be serving the Lord Jesus Christ completely incorporated so that they, when they walk in this room they say look I can shine my, I have light to shine listen I'm going to shine my light out to you I'm going to give a little bit of what I have inside of you so even if you've had a crappy week Corey guess what you can't stand to leave here in a bad mood because I'm going to give you what I have and what I have is better than what anything else in this world has because what this world offers is nothing but what Jesus Christ offers us is a lot Incorporated church means that the people in the church would be fully submitted to him. People who are fully, 100% devoted to living and loving the scriptures. Living every day, doing what they tell us to do. To see that. Let's jump back for a moment to our verses. We just read through verse 24. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. See, verse 24 it says that we should submit to Jesus Christ. The church submits to Christ. What that means is every single one of us. See, I'm not the church. I'm part of the church, but I'm not the church. Passion Community Church is not mine. It's the Lord's. It's all of ours. Every church that you walk into is not the pastor's church. It's not the elder's church. It's not the denomination's church. It's Jesus Christ's church. And we are supposed to be fully committed to him. Verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I'm going to pause there for a moment. What did Christ do for the church? He died on the cross. But he didn't just die on the cross. Do you understand that? We sometimes jump immediately to the salvation message of Jesus Christ. And that's wonderful. That, that, that is the best thing that ever happened to any of us in this room. If you give your life to Jesus Christ and what Jesus did on the cross is the most wonderful thing that has ever happened. 
But it's not the only thing that Jesus Christ did when he was here on this earth. And what he still does today. Do you know Jesus healed many people? Jesus came to this earth to show us what it looks like to walk in a full power of the Holy Spirit, to deliver people, to raise people up from the dead. Yes, I still believe through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of Jesus Christ that people can still be raised from the dead today. You can call me quack, you can call me crazy, you can call me whatever, but all things are possible through Jesus Christ. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ has loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. What did Jesus do to make the church holy? He washed her with the water through the word. This right here is Jesus' way of washing the church. This is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. This is where it gets a little hard. It starts to get a little difficult. Because you can come into church, but if you come into if you come into this church, you come into any church, and you walk in the door, and you sit down on your seat, and you listen to the pastor preach, you listen to the worship sing, the worship sing, the worship team sing, you listen to some Bible verses being read, but you never leave changed, then that church has failed its job. I have failed my job as a pastor if you come in here and the word has not washed you. Because what I'm supposed to do as a pastor is I'm supposed to bring you to the feet of Jesus and hopefully get you to change and let the word of Christ wash you. Jesus presents and wants to have a church presented to him that is clean. And so how does he do that? He gives us the word of God to clean us. But what that means is that every single one of us, if we want to be changed, have to read through these scriptures, have to know what scripture says, and then we have to start living what scripture says. And that's the hard thing. You can read scripture all you want, but if you're not living out scripture, then are you really doing what the Bible tells you to do? No, you're not. I don't care if you can memorize the whole entire Bible from start to finish. If you're not walking in what scripture says, then you're not walking in the way Jesus Christ wants you to walk. The truth of the matter is, is that until we allow this word to wash us, as Ephesians tells us, to allow us to get down to the dirty parts. Listen, no one likes to be washed, right? It's kind of embarrassing. Think about this. If you had to take all your... I don't really want to go there because that's going to sound really bad. But if you're dirty and you go in and you need to be washed, right? You can't wash yourself. It's embarrassing to have someone come in and do that. Think about it for a moment. Think about a nursing home. Think about someone who is unable to move. Someone who can't do those things but need to be cleaned. Right? I can... Nah, I don't want to go there either. We, we can wash ourselves and be Okay? Because we're behind a curtain. But when Jesus washes us, what he's doing is he's taking away all of the dirt. He's taking away everything. I don't know what you're saying. I know you're trying to give me a message, but I can't. When we wash people's feet. It's embarrassing just to even take off our shoes and slaps to serve each other and wash each other's feet because our feet are dirty. <laughs> toe jam, right? Who likes toe jam? My dog. <laughs> okay, never mind. Besides Amy's dog, no one likes toe jam, okay? But the truth of the matter is, is that it is embarrassing to get cleaned. It's embarrassing to have someone have to do that. Because it's showing you all of your warts, all of your dirtiness, all of everything that you have. But in a church setting, in Jesus Christ, when he comes to us, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to love each other to say, Corey, it's okay. 
that you have this dirt. I'm going to help you rub this off. I'm going to help you get clean by the word of God. It's okay that you struggle with your language. It's okay that you struggle with lying. It's okay that you struggle with those things. Because as long as we're supporting each other and we're encouraging each other and we're trying to help each other by washing each other through the word, then we can become a family and we get to know each other and we get to love each other and it becomes better. Because we are submitted to Jesus Christ as the radiant church they were intended to be. What happens when a bride gets... When a bride gets married, I know the very first thing my daughter did when she got married August 11th, a couple months ago, the very first thing she did when she woke up that morning was take a really long, hot shower and got really clean. She showered, she put on deodorant, she did all the stuff. She got beautified. Yeah, she, she, she goes to the, I, I remember her going to the, the um, reception hall and where she was going to get married, and she spent hours in this room having her makeup done and her hair done and all this stuff. She's trying to, she's trying to make herself be- beautiful. She takes after her father, so it's not that hard. But she... <laughs> actually, she takes after her mother, so that's better. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, but she was making herself pretty for her husband to be. That's what this time on this earth is intended for us to be. See, for eternity, we're going to be married to Jesus Christ in heaven. For eternity, as a church, whatever, the church right here is supposed to be the place where we come in and we beautify each other and we clean each other up. And so it's it's okay that you have that wart. It's okay that you have that problem. It's okay that you're struggling with this because when you walk in this door, we're going to help you clean up. We're going to use the word of Jesus Christ to clean you. Verse 26, to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with the water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. See, the truth of the matter is none of us can be completely holy, completely blameless, and completely dirt-free, sin-free. On our own, we can't do it. We need Jesus Christ to do that. That's why he died on the cross, so we can become radiant for him. the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. Do you understand that? Anything that you need to get over the problems that you have, if you have a sin and you're coming in here and you're struggling with something, whatever it may be, Jesus is not leaving you alone. He's giving you all the things that you need to get over that. Because he wants you to be presented to him as holy, as blameless, as blemish-free, as a beautiful, radiant church to him. And so what he's saying to us is come into this church. Come in here. Become part of the body. Come in and get cleaned. Get all the things that you need to chisel off those bad things. To chisel off those warts. To become the incorporated body of Christ. He goes on to say, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and two shall become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But Paul ends this by saying, But I am talking about Christ and the church. Paul isn't really talking about marriage. Yes, he's saying we need to follow these, but he's actually talking about Christ in the church. What does a fully incorporated church look like? In your Bibles, flip over to Acts 
chapter 2. Starting in verse 42. I can get that in my Bible, it's taking a long time. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is shortly before I read this, this is shortly after Jesus has ascended into heaven. Peter and John, Paul is not yet a, an apostle, so it's Peter and John is here speaking, and, and they're uh, preaching, they've just preached to thousands of people, and roughly somewhere near five to 10,000 people have come to know the Lord, and, and the church is begun, becoming what it was intended to be. It's becoming the, the bridegroom of Jesus, and, and this is the word we get Verse 42, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all as any had need. And by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I'm turning off my iPad here. I'm going to ask you to go black on that screen, please. Because I'm going to share something that's directly from my heart. I had a hard time this week. I want to be, I, I, be to prepare going into this. I, I just want to tell you, I had a really hard time preparing what I was going to say at this point in this message. All week long, everything. I was telling uh, Lena yesterday at the expo, everything that could possibly happen got thrown on my schedule this week. And I had written this sermon, most of this sermon out, uh, before a couple weeks ago, just preparing for this series, and I left this part completely blank because I wanted to pray about it, and, and I kept thinking over time, I had, I got to write this out, I got to write this out, I got to spend time, I've been praying about it, and the Lord just goes, just share from your heart. And so that's what I want to do. You know, I read Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 with you because it is a perfect picture of what a completely incorporated church in Jesus Christ looks like. It's the perfect picture, it's the perfect vision of what God, what Jesus intended the church to be. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the word. It's not just the apostles. I'm not talking about devoting themselves to a, an apostle. They are devoting themselves to the teaching of Jesus Christ. These people became a church. When, when, it, when it became a church, what they did was they began to teach each other. They began to fellowship with each other. They began to spend time together. It wasn't, it wasn't as, as in we were strangers. It wasn't as in they were neighbors. It was as in they were family. 
They came together as family. They, they knew each other so well that they knew each other how they would act. They knew that when someone said something, it would probably make that other person mad. And so they learned how to speak with each other. They learned how to love each other. They learned how to walk with each other. They learned how to forgive each other because they lived with each other on a daily basis. They spent so much time together that not only did they spend time in teaching and fellowship, but they began to have dinner together, the breaking of bread. They prayed together. And verse 43 says, And awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. See, the the truth of the matter is, is a fully incorporated church, a church that believes in Jesus Christ, a church that is so sold out that together, when we come together, wants to do nothing more than spend time together, wants to do nothing more than have a fellowship, a time of, I'm going to rub shoulders. Yeah, we have to go to work. I understand that. But instead of going home and just sitting in your home and, and, and saying, I'm too tired to do something, let's spend time together. Let's be family. Let's have meals together. Let's work together. Let's go out and build a house together. Let's go out and provide Christmas gifts for 30 families in the community together. All of that takes work. But it's the church in Acts wanted to do those things because they were so fully, they were so full of Jesus Christ that they just wanted to pour it out of themselves. They were a church that wasn't selfish. Do you understand it? I'm not telling you that we all have to live in a commune together, but I think it would be really fun for all of you to hear me snore. But that's besides the point, right? Yeah, some of you have already heard it. Yeah, I know, I know. But what I'm saying is that a church should be like a family. An incorporated church that's so full of information should be, listen, does your sister make you mad? Sometimes, absolutely. My sister hit me over the head with her purse one time and had a makeup compact so thick in it that it knocked me out. I went cold, completely out. And then my other sister took a knife to my throat and said she was going to cut me, and I just laughed at her, right? But do something against my sister today, and you're going to have to face my wrath. Do something against one of you guys in this room, and they're going to have to face my wrath too because you are my family. And we all have to be, and I'm not just talking about these guys over here who actually are my family, but I'm talking about all of us in this room. I'm talking about every single one of us in this room is family. We love each other. We work with each other. We rub shoulders together. We should, we should eat dinner together. We should pray together. We should be together. We should see many miracles and wonders. I'm still believing that God is going to do a miracle in Linda, and I pray for her every single day. I know that. I know that God's going to heal her. I know that God already healed her and has continued to heal her. I know that. But we spend time together. We rub shoulders. We love each other. We want to be together. The wonderful thing about church is that this church spent time together. You know, it goes on to say, and we'll talk about this when we talk about having fully incorporated finances, which everyone's going to love. No one will show up that Sunday, but I won't tell you when I'm going to do it, so everyone has to show But verse 44 says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. We live in a society that is so much against what this looks like. 
We live in a society that tells us you have to get as much stuff as you can and it has to be yours and you hang on to it as tight as you can and you don't let anyone else borrow it. You don't want anyone else touch it. You don't want anyone else doing anything because it's mine. I'm going to keep it. What this verse tells us and what the church actually did was it loved each other enough to share its belongings with each other. And day by day, attending the temple together. Yeah, some of you complain that you have to come to church on Sunday morning. You know the church in, in Acts? Attended church every single day. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They receive their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. See, the, tr- the truth of the matter is, is that when we as an incorporated church come together, and we love each other, and we don't want to be separate. We want to be together as a family. We want to rub shoulders. We need your prayers. We need, your, we need to be together. I need your encouragement. You need my encouragement. I need his gu- guitar playing, because I can't play guitar. I need his friendship. I need to be able to rub shoulders with him and say, I need your encouragement today, Corey, because times really suck. This week was really bad. I need... We need that. We all need that. Every single one of us in this room. But it doesn't happen unless we make it happen. Do you understand an incorporated church only happens when all of us in the room make a decision to become an incorporated church and incorporated in Jesus Christ, to have Jesus so much in our heart and soul that we want to do what it makes him happy and what he would want us to do. I'm going to say this and I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. The incorporated church in Acts gained favor. Do you see that? Did you catch that? Verse 46, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. This wasn't just favor amongst the people that they spent time with. They had favor with all people. See, I believe that when you are incorporated with Jesus Christ, when you walk in, when your neighbor is suing you because you're spraying chemicals on their, or they think you're spraying chemicals on their lawn, you can walk before a judge and the presence of Jesus Christ is so bright inside of you that when it shines forward, they're going to look at them and say, they're crazy. Why are you wasting my time? They're going to find favor. It's favor that you don't deserve, but you receive anyway. Why would an administrator at the school come to me and say, I want to give you money? I'll take money, sure. That's favor. All the church together has that favor. What I want you to understand is that when we become incorporated, when we have Jesus Christ so far inside of us and we're on fire and we're becoming the church, the world is endless to where God can take this church and not only this church, but every church across America. It's our own, it's our own uh, hang-ups that keep us from seeing the gospel spread to the community. Do you understand that? It's not that Jesus Christ doesn't want every single person in this community saved because he does. It's because our own hang-ups stop it from happening because we go to work to be work. We come to church to do church. We have a separated life. We don't incorporate our whole selves together. We separate ourselves. We make church about Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is about working and working for the man, right? Making a paycheck. 
In a few weeks, you're going to hear about what it means to be incorporated in your job, meaning taking Jesus Christ to your job. And you can do it. We are called to be ministers. We are called to be people. But we are called as a church to come together. This is the safe place. This is the place where we come together to love each other, where we see each other. We have smiles on our face, and we're happy to see each other. Listen, I know that when we wake up on Sunday morning, we come here, we're tired, and you don't. And maybe you're just tired, and you don't want to be here because you'd rather be sleeping. I get it. I understand that. But we should be excited. I'm excited to see you all. You should be excited to see me too. You should be more excited because I'm almost done. But that's okay. (laughs) An incorporated church looks a lot like Jesus Christ. Because we're supposed to be Christ-like. What did Christ do? He healed. He provided food where people couldn't, didn't have food to eat. He did miracles. He brought people who couldn't see and he, and, he, and he brought them to vision where they could see. He healed people who couldn't walk and they got up and walked. He delivered people who were demon-possessed. He gave everything that he had for the people. He gave all that he had. See, that was what an incorporated church should look like. An incorporated church should look like Jesus Christ. Now let me go one step further and then we'll, then we'll pray and we'll sing this song. An incorporated Passion Community Church looks like Jesus. It looks like we're in a school that's run down and needs to be replaced. It looks like you're loving, it does. I don't, I don't care if you're for or against the levy. I'm not talking political. I'm talking about this building is all over 100 years old. It needs to be replaced. And if you're not for the levy, that's your own choice. And I don't care. I personally have never voted. And I won't go there. The truth of the matter is, is that if we love, we, we, we serve in this community, not because, because we want to. I'm not in a school building because I love school buildings. I'm in a school building because we have a ministry to do to this community. We're here with our hearts to serve the community. An incorporated Passion Community Church looks like every single one of us coming together to love this community so much that we give an opportunity, we give a vision of what Jesus Christ looks like to everyone else around this room, around this community. That they see what Jesus looks like through our hearts and through our actions and through how we serve. Will you stand with me, please? Jesus, the truth of the matter is that the church in the U.S. looks far from what you wanted the church to look like when you died on the cross for us. When you left this earth and you ascended into heaven, and the first church that was born out of Acts, when Peter and John were sharing and Thousands of people were coming to know you. It looks so different than the church today looks like. Father, I pray that today the challenge can be laid to us that are in this room. And even those outside of this room. That we can be more like Jesus in everything we do and say. That we can act like him. That we can talk like him. That we can walk like him. That we can love like him. 
that we would get over ourselves. That we would not want it to look like me, not want it to look like you, not want to allow our sinful self to take a vision or an image of what the church should look like, but instead that the church would be like you. Oh Lord, may the church look like you, Jesus. May the church act like you. May the church talk like you. May the church love like you. May the church walk with you. May the church be supported and, and around with you. May everything we do be who you are, Jesus. May we not walk in our own power, but may we walk in the all-possible, all-knowing, all-loving, all-wonderful Jesus and his power. May we be guided by the Holy Spirit. May when people walk into this building, may the fire inside of them just continue to flame up because they are rubbing shoulders with other Christians who are incorporated, who are willing to walk away from everything and give all they can to see the vision of Jesus Christ become more in their community, to see Jesus Christ become more of who they are in themselves. Lord, oh, let that happen today. Let us today have your Holy Spirit guided by that, directing us, convicting us of our sins, to show us what it looks like to be more like you. And may we walk in that power, may we walk in that peace, and may we walk in that love today. Lord, help your church be who you want it to be, to look like you, to act like you, and to be a model of you, Jesus. Not a model of us, not a model of me, not a model of anyone in this room, but to be like you where we love beyond love, where we are family beyond family, where we are loving of each other regardless of their warts, regardless of their sin, that we come together and we are washed by the water, we are washed by the word and cleansed and made radiant for your loving bride. Lord, I pray today that you would come against any selfish pride, come against laziness, against anything that would cause us to fail and miss what you would want us to do today. Let us be your church, Father. Let us be like the church in Acts that walks with you. The people are in awe of that they gain the favor of those around us. That we meet the needs of the homeless Meet the need of the hungry. Meet the needs of those that are in need around us today. Let us be your church, Father. Let us walk in that today. Let us be all that you have called us to be. Let us be your church, your radiant bride. Forgive us for not being that today, Father. Each and every one of us in this room should be before you, begging of your forgiveness and saying, Lord, forgive me for not being that person, not being that church, not being the incorporated Christian who comes in and is a part of a corporate body who is full of Jesus. Forgive us of that, Lord. Come against that in the name of Jesus and call us out where we need to be called out. Holy Spirit, convict us of the places that we need to change so that we can become more like you. Lord, you are wonderful. You've already done wonders in our midst. And we pray that you'll continue to do those wonders, that you'll continue to heal, continue to deliver, to set free those who are under the, the power of addictions, the power of Satan, the power of, uh, of things that are not under their control. May we break those right now in the name of Jesus Christ and set those people free. 
We set those free. We ask you for your healing power of the Holy Spirit to incorporate us today. Be with us. Guide us and strengthen us today. In Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen and amen. Let's worship.